Always good to be in the house of God, to fellowship together, to give Him praise. How was that worship? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, we can give God a big round of praise. Amen. God is on the move. God is on the move. And we're trusting that as we worship, we'll go deeper uh, in His presence. Before I share testimony, because it is our habit to start meetings with testimonies, this morning as I walked in, a lot of people were saying, something has changed, something has changed. What have you done? It's the carpet, just for the records. It's the carpet. Okay, great. But I want to take time to thank our facilities team. Uh, they may not be here. Some of them may be here. And the Tandanani guys who helped us to remove the chairs, to put in the new carpets, all in one week. We can celebrate that. I mean, all in one week. Awesome. I was still thinking maybe it'll take a month, and then they said, no, we're not like ESCOM, we'll get it done in one week. <laughs> that is to pray for ESCOM, that is to pray for ESCOM. Anyway, um, testimony. This lady from church, some of you may know her, Brenda Deshamoy, she um, fell on a ladder at her house. Now, if you know who Brenda is, you know Brenda, at her age, she's still climbing up ladders. She was checking for a leak on her roof. And we're telling her, Brenda, at your age, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be calling on us young men to do this for you, you know? That's me, David, young man. Yes, yes, young man. Anyway, she fell, unfortunately broke her shoulder, broke her elbow, and she had to be rushed to hospital. And uh, Sunday morning, while we were worshiping here, she was having surgery uh, surgery went well. She recovered well. So my wife and I went to see Brenda at hospital on Monday, and we get there. We get to pray with her, check how she's doing. But lo and behold, right next to her is sleeping the MEC of agriculture from Northwest. And uh, Brenda has already prayed for her. Brenda has prophesied over her. And each and every person that comes to visit this lady got a prophecy and a prayer. And I'm like, praise God that God will use anything and everything, right, to get to the lost. But this is what we, we, we joke. We say, Brenda, I mean, really, did you have to break your shoulder to go and preach the gospel, you know? <laughs> she doesn't like the joke, but she says she feels like Jonah in the belly of the whale, you know, like taking a detour to go and preach the gospel. But um, the lady, uh, the MEC, we exchanged numbers, we connected, and uh, the day that Brenda was leaving on Tuesday, she says, our oh, friend, do you have to leave? I mean, they were already friends by the time Brenda left. God is at work in our nation. Amen. God is at work. God is at work. He'll do anything and everything to show his love to his people. We have been on this journey of uncovering what on earth are we here for? What on earth are we here for? Last week, Paul Manoring started us off so well with the three chairs. I'm sure you'll never forget that sermon with the three chairs. I thought maybe I should just add the fourth chair today. You'll never forget the fourth chair, but it won't work. So it was God, everything uh, of your past, your present, and your future matters to God. Everything matters to God. Your life matters to God. Today, we'll be looking at the first and primary purpose of our existence. We are loved. You are loved. And we are loved. God created us for His pleasure. And the following week, as Tony mentioned, we'll be looking at you belong or we belong. And um, as we look at this topic today, that we are loved, there's this phrase, God created us 
for His pleasure. God created us for His pleasure. You'd remember something we've mentioned over and over again in this congregation or in this, uh, in this church. The Westminster Catechism says, man was created to glorify God. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Not only do we glorify Him, but God wants us to enjoy Him. We ought to enjoy God because He is enjoyable. Revelation 4 verse 11 says, You, O God, created all things, and for your pleasure they were created. God has created everything, and they were created for His pleasure, including you and I. We were created for God's pleasure. It is one thing to know God's love. It is another to experience God's love. It is one thing to know of God's love. It is another to experience God's love. Because experiential knowledge is better than head knowledge. Experiential knowledge is knowing and you have experienced this love that we speak about this morning. The God kind of love. Let me give you the difference between uh, experiential knowledge and head knowledge. So experiential knowledge of love is when someone says they love you, but it's not followed with actions. Right? When someone says, let me talk a little bit to the ladies. When someone says they love you, but they never buy flowers. All right? All right, all right. Just for the brothers. That is, that is if you like flowers, ladies. Thank, uh, Toby is saying yes, 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 Pastor Sai. Yeah. Toby likes bags, brothers. Just, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so there's a difference between experiential knowledge and head knowledge. Uh, experiential knowledge is knowledge of God's love, which is followed with action. God has loved us, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross. That is action right there, speaking of this amazing love that God has for us. That is experiential love, knowing that he loves us so much. I want to speak to people today who may have said that, who may say that my biological father was not present or he may have been present physically, but he was not emotionally present. And you think that I never experienced this love that should have been modeled to me. And I know that the challenge with the, 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 the father wound is it may be two things. One, it may be that they were not present. And the other, maybe that even when they were present, maybe it was a transactional relationship. They, they, want, they were showing love only if you performed well. They were showing love only if your grades were good. But I'm here to announce that God the Father heals. So if you do have a father wound, he heals you. And not only does he heal you, the Bible says he's the father to the fatherless. He is a father to the fatherless. So in God's house, there are no orphans. In God's house, there are no orphans. He is a father to the fatherless. Our text today it's taken from uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We're reading from verse 1 to verse 7. You can open in your Bible so you can read with me on the screens. God is a father to the fatherless. Ephesians 1 verse 1 to 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing 
in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Three key themes that we see in this portion of scripture that I want us to look at this morning It is his love leads us to blessing. His love leads to sonship and daughtership, just for the records. Not only are we called sons of God because it includes male and female, we are also called the bride of Christ, and we guys, we're okay with it, all right? So when we say sonship, it includes everyone. Are we good with that? Awesome. His love leads to worship. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Going back to the scripture, I like the introduction of how Apostle Paul introduces the scripture. You know, he starts by saying, Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God. So I am not an apostle because I have appointed myself. I'm an apostle of Christ by the will of God. I am appointed by God to be doing what I'm doing. I believe this introduction is relevant to Christianity and religion today because many are studying churches and ministry to make money and to exploit people. Apostle Paul says, I didn't put myself in this position. God appointed me. It was by the will of God that I'm doing what I'm doing. He continues to say to the saints who are in Ephesus, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Just that phrase, are faithful in Christ Jesus. I was wondering to myself if Paul the Apostle was to write a letter to every nation in Joburg or to the body of Christ in Joburg or in South Africa, would he write like that? Would he say, the saints who are faithful in Christ Jesus? Are we faithful in Christ Jesus? Are we faithful in worship, in fellowship, in the mission that he's given us? Are we faithful? I was challenged just reading this, that imagine the letter is written and you are called the faithful ones. Are we faithful? You know, this book of Ephesians has got two key themes to it. Uh, The first theme is what we call cosmic reconciliation. Because when you read in Ephesians, the Bible speaks about the fact that in the fullness of time, Christ will reconcile everything in heaven and on earth to himself. The second thing we find as a theme in the book of Ephesians is the theme of redemption because the Bible says, by his blood, we were saved. So these two themes, they actually demonstrate to us that the book of Ephesians is about the father love of God. God showing his love demonstrated on the cross. Therefore, I want us to look at this first part. His love leads to blessing. And there's no more shame. In Ephesians chapter 1, where we read verse 3 and 4, it says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, whenever there's repetition in Scripture, it's for emphasis. So it starts by saying, Blessed be God. And then it says, The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. So those who are in Christ have been blessed. 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just to pause there for a little bit. It didn't say with every spiritual blessing and ends there. It says with every spiritual blessings where? In the heavenly places. So I asked myself, what does that mean? What does it mean that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? And I think to myself, you know, the Bible says the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness. So we actually have these blessings that we will get when we get to heaven. We get them while we are still here on earth. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing that is above, that is in heaven, joy, peace, and righteousness. I think we tend to limit the blessing of God. We limit the blessing of God to when he has blessed us uh, with a great job. Praise God for that. It's necessary. When he's blessed us with a car or a house. But the blessing of God is much more than that. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Love, joy, peace, righteousness, right standing with God. He chose us in him before the foundations of the world. When he says he chose us in him before the foundations or before creation, God knew that there was going to be one of his angels who was going to have a breakaway and start his own political party. And I'm convinced his political party was not the good party. Just saying. God knew that Lucifer, the devil, will do all that he can to move away God's children from his blessing. So God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Ain't God amazing? He knew what was going to happen. And he had already played the movie. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. I mean, this, this, this scripture is repeated in a different way. In Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 6, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I like that phrase. I don't know about you. He has seated us with him in the heavenly places. So we actually are living here on earth, but from another place. You almost have to get this. It's an amazing revelation. We are here physically on earth, but the way we live our lives, we live our lives seated in the heavenly realms. We live with the blessing of heaven. So not only are we here and worried about the things that are happening around us, we understand that we carry the blessing of heaven. Therefore, wherever we go, the environment changes because we bring the environment of heaven. The environment should change. We carry something that other people don't carry, and that is the blessing of heaven. When you step into a room and there's confusion, there must be clarity. When you step into a room where there's oppression of the enemy, the peace of God that passes all understanding must come in and remove darkness. We live on earth, but with a revelation of a different kingdom. We live on earth with heavenly blessing. So that is why I'm saying, as children of God, we need to experience this love. 
We cannot just say, God, you know, I know you love me. It's head knowledge. But it's one thing to carry this love that wherever we go, we spread the love of God. That other people who have not experienced this love will also experience it. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world so we can be holy and blameless before Him. And in love, in love, He wants us to spread this amazing rhythm, this amazing aroma into the world we're living in today. So I want to encourage you as children of God to think about how you are spreading the love of God in every area of society where He's called you. Think about how you bring the blessing of God that you carry in every area where God has called you. So His love leads us to this blessing, but we carry it with this heavenly realization. So as we're talking about the blessing of God, I want us to leave with this understanding that God did not call us to be slaves, but He's called us to sonship. He's called us to understanding what it means. His love leads us to sonship and we are no more slaves. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. You know, on Thursday, I was uh, having a conversation with Tony over the phone and uh, we were reflecting about today, but we were also talking about their new edition in Tokozo. Congratulations, their third princess. In Africa, we say you're rich. I'll have to explain that another day, you know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm blown away by Tony and Katie being here a week after their child is born. You know, like even serving. You know, a lot of us will say, well, no, I have to spend the whole month before, you know, I can come out of the house. Some superstitious beliefs there, you know. <laughs> Parents have told us, no, 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 you can't go out. But really, guys, we honor you for that. I was talking with Tony over the phone, and we were just reflecting on the love of God. And Tony was telling me that, you know, when you hold the baby for the first time, they have not done anything. You love them even before they've done anything. Before they do anything, you just love. There's such a love. You know, speaking as a father with three kids, I know how it's like to hold this. In fact, in the beginning, I was quite scared. Will I be the father that God wants me to be? Do I have what it takes? But I'm here to tell you, when the child is here, fatherhood just comes out of you. Motherhood comes out of you. I must also say, though, we still had David and Caroline Webb on our speed dial. In those days, we had speed dial. Like, David, Caroline, what do we do? They're crying nonstop. Where I'm going with this is, look, babies, they cry, they eat, they sleep, they poop, and the cycle is repeated. That's all they do. And you still love them. And you still love them. That's, that's, you know, that's all they do. And you love them. And for me, it's an understanding of we don't need to perform to be accepted by God. We don't need to perform to be expected by God. You don't need to have all these things that you want to do for God and then you accept it. No, you accept it just as you are. Stop living as an orphan or as a slave. This morning, I really trust God that we can go after the spirit of of an orphan where you feel like 
I'm a child of God, but I'm, I'm not sure if I have what it takes to be a child of God. You live with a slavery mentality. You live with an orphan spirit. And I want to unpack a little bit to you this orphan spirit. An orphan spirit is living out of insecurity and jealousy. The spirit of sonship operates out of love and acceptance. An orphan spirit is driven by competition. The spirit of sonship celebrates the success of others. When others do well, we celebrate because their success is our success. An orphan spirit receives its primary identity through material possession, physical appearance, and all these activities that we do. But sonship is grounded in the Father's affirmation. I love you, I love you, I love you. There's nothing more that you can do that you can make him love you more. He loves you the way you are. At the heart of an orphan spirit is thinking that you can end the Father's love through all these things that I've just mentioned, competition, activities, doing all these great things and thinking that you can be loved by God. We have been set free and we are sons and daughters of the Most High. We move from worry to worship. We move from slavery to sonship. We move from self-pity to self-confidence. That's what this love will do for you. Not just head knowledge, but experiential love. If you haven't experienced that love, we trust in with you this morning that you will experience the love of God that changes lives, that transforms lives. The love of God is close to nothing. I want to end with this. His love moves us from worry to worship. His love moves us from thinking that we can perform to be accepted. We have been adopted to the praise of His glorious grace. We praise His glorious grace because we understand that we've been adopted. If we were to understand the power of, of adoption, that it, originally we were not included, but through the gospel we were included. In fact, let me just give you this verse in uh, Ephesians 1 verse 13, because this word predestination has been mentioned, and I know some of you are struggling with this concept of predestination, because some theologians, they've said, what's the point of even preaching the gospel if already some people are chosen to go to heaven? But in fact, the word adoption clarifies it right there. And Ephesians 1.13 says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. You were included. That blesses me right there. It means I was excluded, but now I'm included. But you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When you believed, you were included into sonship. That's what adoption is all about. You know, um, David and Caroline can tell us all day about adoption. I have not adopted, I don't know. But when I look at them and I look at the children they've adopted, it's not like these are my children and these are not my children. Adoption gives you a status you did not have before. Adoption gives you something you did not have before, and that is sonship. That is understanding that you belong, you have an inheritance, you're a child of God, you're included. So let us not fall into this trap of predestination is just for a few. We have been included. 
In fact, Romans 8, 29 says, for those he foreknew, he predestined. Those he foreknew, they were predestined. You've been predestined to be one of his sons. We have been included. Amen. I like this part about worship. Hmm. When we get the revelation that we did not do anything to be saved or to be accepted by God, all we can do is to worship. All we can do is to worship. Think about it. In worship, we give God the only thing that He does not have. Through worship, we give Him the only thing He doesn't have. God has got everything. The only thing He doesn't have is our love. So when we worship Him, we give Him back our love. Worship is a sign of saying, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me as I am and making me your son. The purpose of man is to know God and to love God. In worship, we give God the only thing he does not have, and that is our love. God does not want worship to be a, just on Sunday when we worship, raising our hands. Worship is a daily living. Worship is Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every day we worship God with our lives. We bring the blessing of God everywhere we are. That is worship. Let me close with this verse. We read in Ephesians 3, verse 17 to 19. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness, all the fullness of God. When I read the scripture, it helps me to understand this love that is, you cannot comprehend. This love that is huge, that is humongous, this love of God, uh, you read it here, it is wide. It means the love of God covers you. The love of God is long. Even when you try to run away from God to counterfeit love, the love of God is there for you. The love of God is there even when you try to go to the highest of heights or when you try to hide to the deepest of the deep. Maybe you're here and you say, my son is so deep. The Bible says his love is deep enough to reach you wherever you are. His love can reach you wherever you are. I like how Apostle Paul says, I pray that you may grasp. I pray that you may comprehend. I pray that you'll get to this place of understanding a love that surpasses knowledge. A love that surpasses head knowledge. A love that you, when you experience it, you know that this is a different kind of love. I pray that this morning we will overcome the often spirit where we, we feel like we need to perform to be accepted. He loves us as we are. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to pray for two groups of people this morning. You may be sitting here and you're not yet a child of God or you are not sure. You have not unlocked this blessing that comes through this revelation of the love of God, the love of the Father. I want to pray with you. And the second group of people I want us to pray for this morning and 
we're going to ask the ministry team to continue to pray, is to break the orphan spirit. Where you, 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 you see yourself as a child of God, but actually you're not experiencing how it's like to be a child of God. You're not living with that revelation of the love that surpasses knowledge. Let's stand to pray today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. As we bow our heads, just want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to that place. And I know that some of us, we struggle with the love of the Father because our biological fathers have not modeled this love that surpasses knowledge. And I want us to go there today and start with this first group of people. You are here. And you have not given your life to Christ to acknowledge and unlock the blessing that comes through being a son of God. If you are here today and you know that you are not right with God, you know that you are not a son, you're not a daughter, you're far away from God, there's a reason why you are here today. To know what you are here on earth for is to worship God, is to Live for the pleasure of the Almighty God. If you are here and you know you're far away from God and you want to come close to the Father, just raise your hand wherever you are so we can pray with you. Raise your hand wherever you are. Raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you. Just raise your hand. Be bold and say, I want this love of the Father. I want the love of the Father. Just be bold. Just raise your hand up high and say, I want this love of the Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I believe there's still some people who need to raise their hands and say, I want the love of the Father. I want the love of the Father. Thank you at the back. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, my sister. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. I believe that there are people here that really God... Is calling you back home. and I'm going to ask the people who raise their hands to come to the front so we can pray with you. We're not going to ask you to say anything. We just want to pray with you. And then after that, we're going to ask for those who are here and you know you need to be here in the front to come back to the house of the Father. Also come to the front. So let's take time. Those who raise their hands, come to the front. If you have your personal belongings, please bring them with you. Come to the front. Let's pray with you. Come to the front. Let's pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you raise your hand, just come to the front. If you came with a friend, come with them. Come to the front. Come stand right here. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Come to the Father. Come to the Father. Come to the Father. Thank you, Lord. This is the best decision you can ever make with your life. Come into the house of the Lord. Those tears that you have is experiential love. It's knowing that He loves you. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Father, we pray for these great people that are standing here, Father. We pray, Father, that today they will know the love of the Father. They will know how it's like to be loved without performance, Father God. Without trying to please anyone, Father God. 
Daddy, I pray that today, Father God, their lives will be taken from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Father, we believe that you are at work in and through their lives, Father God. And God, you're transforming their lives through the power of the gospel for them to know the love that was shown on the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.